Hello, and welcome to the Agape House of Worship weekly podcast. Through this podcast, we hope and pray that you will be equipped and empowered to live the life that God has planned for you. If you are blessed by this message and would like more information, please visit our website at www.agapehousenj.org. Thank you and God bless. Because you are such a good God, your word is powerful. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. Your word can go to the deepest part of our heart. So I'm asking, speak your word today and minister to us so that our lives will never remain the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, so this is uh, the third part of our message series, uh, Deep Waters. It's in line with our theme for the year, which is going deeper. Amen. In the first uh, series, we encourage you to get out of the shallow waters, all right, because there is no fulfillment there. Uh, if you just remain shallow, if you, not, if you don't go deeper in your walk with God, you're never going to find fulfillment. You're never going to find stability. You're never going to find growth. Uh, and on top of that, you're going to miss out on God. Uh, so we encourage you, get out of shallowness. Shallowness is the flesh. The spirit is the deeper place. Amen. Hallelujah. And last week, we talked about deeper meaning. And we said, the journey to going deeper with God starts with seeking deeper meaning. God, we, and I give you a terminology, sensus prillium which is a, you know, a Latin word that talks about deeper meaning. There's a deeper meaning to your life. There's a deeper meaning to what is going on around you. And if we are going to be people who seek deeper meaning, that is the journey to going deeper with God. And I pray that we will all experience that in Jesus' name. So we're going to go a little further today. It's a message series. We're going to talk about the process. You know, we're going to begin to talk about the process of going deeper with God. We're going to describe that process a little bit today. And that scripture reading, I'm going to go back there and we're going to try to read. By the way, the worship today was amazing. And I want to thank uh, Sister Grace for, you know, I like when we sing the song from the beginning to the end. Uh, you get deeper meaning out of this. You know, when you take those songs, you sing the body. The body leads to the, to the chorus. You go back there. It's not just about enjoying the song. The meaning of the song comes to you. They come to life. So that was really powerful. And I hope, you know, you were really, really blessed. I mean, thank you, uh, the team, the band. It was an awesome time in God's presence. Amen. Let's go back to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to read a few verses. Uh, there, he said, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. Now, why is Jesus saying that? Because really, that's the general tendency. That's the general tendency we all have. Uh, you know, to really, uh, you know, to show what we are doing. We are more attracted to what is seen, majority of us. I mean, there are a few people who are introverts. Uh, maybe they don't. But even most of those people still enjoy. People will say they are introvert after a while they get mad, nobody 
say something to them. So, and you're like, I thought you were introvert, you know, so I've, I've run into quite a bit of that. So, so he's saying we should be careful. That's something we should all really, really be careful about. And when Jesus says be careful about something, that means there's a natural tendency for that. Uh, so you always have to catch yourself. To be careful means to catch yourself, right? And he says, if you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. This is really powerful. I mean, I mean this, and Jesus is emphatic here. He's not just saying, you know, he said, look, you will have no reward. I mean, how will you want to live your entire life and your Father in heaven say, sorry, I can't reward you? I mean, that, that, that's, that's not what you want. And I don't want that. I hope you don't want that. He said, you will have no reward. So Jesus used two examples here. And he said, so when you give to the needy, don't announce it. Because we have the tendency to announce it. I mean, we might not come to the stage, but, you know, we just say it somewhere. We just let people know I'm the one that did this. I'm the one that helped her. If not for me, she won't be where she is or something like that. He said, don't announce it with trumpets. People who do that are hypocrites. And they do it in the synagogue. And it's amazing. Actually, we also do it in church a lot. And he said, and, and on the streets, to be honored by others. You know, we want to be honored. We all, there is a crave for affirmation that we all have. It's a natural tendency. It's not because some people are bad. It's just we're human. So we have that natural tendency. And Jesus is warning us against that. And the reason why he's warning us is giving us God's perspective. Now, when you announce it, other people will clap for you. Other people will praise you. Uh, you know, so he gets how, you know, we, why we want that. There's a reason. But he's saying, you know what, we should be more interested in the approval of God, which is the most important thing, Right? The, the, the most important reward is the one that comes from God. So he used the example of the needy, and, uh, and he said, Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Uh, but when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. So our father is more interested in what is done in secret than what is done in public. At least we know something about God. Amen. So use another example here. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Now you might say, you know what? I'm not like that. I'm, I'm not going to play on the street. I'm not going to play. But we are all also more likely to pray better and longer when we are in a group. Isn't that true? Right? Now, but how about your personal prayer life? I mean, how about? I mean, we're more likely going to, you know, Saturday we're going to meet here on Saturday. And I hope you're all going to be there on Saturday. That's our final day of the fasting and prayer. And that's usually powerful. We're going to be here all day from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m., you know, praying, worshiping, sharing. And I, want, I don't want every, any one of you to miss it. 
But it's amazing how you can go through that. I mean, you know, it's hard. Even last year, my kids, they were, you know, they were not going to come. He said, if you don't want to come, that's fine. No big deal, you know. I mean, oh, dear prayer. I can't believe they, they came. And they, but they said, you know what, well, we'll go. We don't want to stay home, you know. I said, just go. If you're tired, just go somewhere and go sleep. The church is big anyway. Go somewhere. And, but they went through the old day. They are like, I can't believe he feels feel so short. So it's a lot easier to pray, right, when you're praying with other group, a group of people. It's a lot easier to worship, that's true, for half an hour. We just did it today. When you're there, the true test is, are you able to pray an hour <laughs> or all day? Are you able to say, you know what, I'm just going to, today I'm just taking a day off, I'm locking my door, put on some music, you know, get some tea or something, and just spend that time worshiping and praying and having a personal retreat. That is difficult. It's difficult for many reasons. I mean, there's nobody to encourage you. There's nobody to really pump you up. There's nobody to go on stage and say, this is the best. I mean, you know how we, and we're very good at encouraging one another in church, right? This is great. This is going to be the best year. This is this. This is that. Can you just, just shout? Let's give it up to Jesus. Let's jump up, you know. I mean, all those things just, you know, they just help you, right? You just go on. But when you are by yourself, there's nobody to do that. You have to do that for yourself. You know, that is a lot harder. But what this is saying is that gives you a lot more credit with God. That has a lot more weight when God is counting. Now, God commands us to pray together. So there's nothing against that. God commands us to worship together. There's nothing against that. God commands us not to forsake the assembly of the people of God. That's nothing. But if that is where it stops, and I think that's where where the problem is, right? In fact, the togetherness should be able to help our personal life. Praise the name of Jesus. So Jesus said, when you pray, verse 6, go into your room, close the door. And pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Now, this is so powerful because it's not even talking about answering our prayer. I'm sure that is part of it. But just the act, the Lord sees it. I don't know if you understand what I'm talking about. He said the father who sees, he sees that that is important to you. He sees that you are able to say, you know, this evening I just want to spend some an hour or two hours just worshiping and just praying to my father. That gets him excited. I mean, the fact that you are doing that, he's like, wow, this is what I'm looking for. And he sees that and he rewards you. Amen. So that's very, very, very important. So we have a big window here into God's thoughts, God's mind, when it comes to going deeper with him. And that's what I'm going to share with you today. We're going to give a few few points here about the process of going deeper. Number one, going deeper is a personal decision and a personal journey. Very important. Going deeper with God. It's a personal decision 
is a personal journey. It is as personal as it gets. Now, there is, as I've said now, there are two aspects of your work with God. There is the corporate aspect and there is the personal aspect. Now, God designed those to feed onto each other, to feed into each other, right? There is corporate revival. There is personal revival. There is corporate prayer. There is personal prayer. There is corporate worship. There is personal worship, right? Now, so God designed corporate prayer, corporate revival, personal, corporate uh, worship to enhance our personal worship, personal prayer, personal revival. God, that's, that's the goal. But it is also true that our personal prayer, our personal revival, our personal worship enhances, all those things enhance the corporate one. Praise the name of Jesus. So, but ultimately, that's the goal, a personal one. So, it is personal. Everyone has a personal call. Everyone has to answer a, that personal call. And sometimes that personal call can be very different. I mean, it's, 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 there are some things that are common, but sometimes when God is dealing with you as a person, there are some things he wants to do with you that only you knows. Even husband and wife, there are some things he's doing with you that can be very different. So there is a very personal element of it that is, is very important for us to know. So everyone must answer that personal call, that personal journey, that personal invitation to go deeper with him. And once you decide, and it's going to begin, it's also personal. The journey is also personal. There's some things he's going to be telling you. There's some things he's going to be saying, do, don't do. That might be so personal. And that's why, obviously, sometimes you can't use what God is doing in your life as a gauge. Right? I mean, for some of you, God might say, you know, after 21 days, continue. You know, now, don't force all of us to continue with you. (laughs) So you can feel better. (laughs) Some people are like that. They start preaching continuity. They start prophesying it to everybody so we can all continue. And we're like, no, no, that's you. That's what God is doing in your life. (laughs) Hallelujah. Because that's the general tendency. We like that crowd, you know. But many of us, God will tell us things. And if you look at the Bible also, you know, know, when something was birthed, you know, God said, "Don't, don't cut his hair. I mean, I'm sure that is odd, but that's personal. That's, you know, that's him. The way God wants to walk with him, right, has something to do with that. So it's good to know, and that's what personal relationship with God does. It makes you, you find out your uniqueness with God. The reason why many of us don't know is because you are not seeking that personal walk with God. You are just contend with what falls off during the corporate worship, you know, whatever falls off during the corporate, whatever, you know, prayer that sprinkling around, blessing that is just going around, you catch that. There's nothing deeper than that. It is a personal work. I love one of the songs that our worship uh, team sings. I mean, it says something, no one can worship you for me, Right? There are some things nobody can do for you. 
some, I mean, there's, I mean, and relationship with God is just, there's just some things nobody can re- do for you. You have to be the one to take that, answer that personal call, you know, and run that personal race, you know, have your personal time with the Lord and have your personal history with the Lord. You see, when you get personal with the Lord, what you're going to discover is that you're also going to develop a personal history with him. You're going to be able to say, this is my journey. This is how God has been working with me. And this is what he has done. So I want to challenge you, you know, that it is personal. Praise the name of Jesus. Also, we learn from here that going deeper with God happens in the secret place. It's done in the secret place. I mean, it's not, it's never done in the public. Now, root grows in the secret place, right? I mean, and that is so powerful, and I pray that we understand that, because that will really help you to know that there is such a weight that God places on what we do in secret. What we do in public is good, all right? The proof of really going deeper with God is what he tells you to do that is peculiar to you. And that happens in the secret place. What he tells you to do, you know, you know, tells you to forgive, tells you to say this to somebody, tells you to, I mean, it is powerful. Jesus used giving, for example. Now, it's easy to give. When I'm standing here, it's easier. Not that it's easy. It's a lot easier. Some people will still not give no matter who is standing here, right? But it's easier to give with a lot of encouragement, right? I mean, with a lot of encouragement, somebody comes out here, give a few scripture, and, you know, just rile you up, tell you why it's great, tell you why it's good, and everybody is doing it. I mean, you have, and we give you the envelope, right? And we, the app is there on your phone, right? I mean, that's all those things are just there. Most people can handle that. But, you know, when you begin to walk with God, you're going to see that God can now say, you know, as you're worshiping, that brother there, I want you to go and give them something. That's how you know you're growing. That's how you know that you're growing. I mean, that this is not just what everybody is doing. This is now, you know, you look around, you're like, you know what, I think God wants me to fix this in church or something like that. You know, I think God, you know, is calling me to just do this. Not because everyone is doing it, but because God is telling me to do it. Those things happen in the secret. It's easy to pray when we are praying. But when you, it's easy to fast when we are doing 21 day fast together, right? You know, the booklet is there, everything is there to just... To just move you in that direction. But to be able to say, you know what? I think God is just impressing me to wake up in the middle of the night and pray for a few hours. You know, or God just want me to take one day off a month. as personal retreats. You know, and when you walk with God, you're going you're gonna to encounter those things. Those things will happen. It won't be the, it will just be personal to you. It's just be your journey. So it happens in the secret place. Roots don't grow in the public. 
foundation is the most boring aspect of building. I mean, there's nobody walking around to say, wow, what, a, what an awesome foundation. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Nobody's <laughs> it's the lo- <laughs> it takes a lot of time and you get no credit. In fact, people are like, what's going on here? Isn't that what people <laughs> there's, no, there's no beauty to design. The foundation is ugly, it's difficult, it's tough, and nobody gets, nobody gives you credit. But when you start painting and putting sign and siding going up, whoa, this is awesome. Now you're working. Have you seen that? They'll be there for six months doing foundation. You're like, what are they doing there? It takes longer. It's harder. But when they start building up, it's like in a few weeks, everything is up. You're like, wow, everything is up. It's easier to build all those things than building foundation. So things that are very important... They happen in the secrets. So I want to ask you, how is your secret life with God? How is it? How is your secret life with God? And Jesus told us, obviously, we read those scriptures. In Matthew 15, I would like to read Matthew 15. Read another scripture. It says, do Matthew 15, 17. He said, do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is expelled? Right? That's a nice way to put it. That's a scriptural way to put it, right? That's the Holy Ghost way of putting it, right? Verse 18 says, but what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this defiles a person. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, Murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witnesses, witness, slander. These are what defile a person. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile anyone. Now, might get you sick, but Jesus is saying it doesn't defile you, right? I'm not saying practice, go eat without washing your hands. All right? But I think the larger point Jesus is making here, the main point Jesus is making here is there was so much focus on external by the people, by the Pharisees and the religious people of those days. There were a lot of rules that, that makes you a Christian. And part of it is, you know, washing your hands while you eat, you know. And there are a lot of churches who place a lot of that also, you know. You know, things you see, how you do your hair, you know, all, all these, you know, people make rules about beards, about things that, frankly, I mean, God cares nothing about that. I mean, God is like, look, I am more interested in your inner life, in your heart, all right? What is going on there? What is your thought life like? If I were to be able to record it, and he's actually recording it, I mean, how will it look like? As people pass around, you, you know, you're looking at them, what are you thinking about them? And he's saying, those things, they are more important to God. In fact, they defile you. They defile you much more than you can think. So going deeper... 
is done in the secret place. Hallelujah. You know, so that's very, very important. So I want you to, as we go through the year, this is a year of going deeper. This is a year to examine what is my inner life mean. It is like your, your inner world. Some of us, our inner world is full of rage. It's full of people that, if not because you go to jail, you would murder them and shoot them. Isn't that? Let me ask, that's many of us. That's, if you can scream what is going on in there, it's full of that. It's full of sexual immorality. It's full of all kinds of, I mean, all kinds of things that we allow to go in there we don't even fight. And we don't fight because nobody sees them. Right? I mean, physical things we can handle. Nobody's going to walk in here with a cigarette, you know, a bottle of beer, you know, and all those things. I mean, because, I mean, it's just, you just, I mean, you don't want the embarrassment, right? You don't want the label. You don't want, you know, you don't want this. Nobody's going to. But we can do, we can have all these things inside of us. And we have the ability to do that while appearing, right, that we are okay. Praise the name of Jesus. So it's very important. Going deeper is done in the secret place. Hallelujah. And because it's done in the secret place, it involves the ability to deal in the realm of the I would say intangible, unseen, all right? So because the Bible says, verse 6 in Matthew 6, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your father, and he said, who is unseen? Right? It's unseen. So that's why it's harder privately because, I mean, so he's unseen. I mean, he's all by faith. He's all in the realm of, at least in church, they will know that I show up. I get credit for that, right? Pastor is going to say, oh, yeah, I'm glad you came to the tongue of fire. Oh, I'm glad you, oh, yeah. You know, I'm glad you came to the fresh anointing prayer. Oh, I'm glad you, I mean, at least I get some credit for that. I mean, the one private, who gives me credit? I mean, he's unseen, and I just walk out, and nobody says, good job. I mean, and nobody, I mean, I don't get an email, I don't get a text to say, wow. I mean, you spent two hours with God this morning, wow, you are awesome. Especially in this world where we are. We are addicted to praise, right? Some of us can't even do anything where nobody, I mean, if nobody praises you, nobody, you know, after a while you are depressed. I mean, a lot of people are like that. I mean, no, nobody, you know, nobody cares for me. Nobody does this for me. I mean, just many of us are like that. So we need to really be able to deal in the realm of the unseen. We need to be able to appreciate the unseen. The Bible talks about Moses, that Moses left what is real to pursue what is unreal. I mean, that, I mean, what is real 
being in the palace, you know, all these things, and he's pursuing God. Uh, I mean, wait, <laughs> that's, that's serious, right? He's pursuing God. And it's like, I can risk all these things knowing that there is more. We need to be able to deal in the realm of the unseen. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, so we fix our... In fact, I want all of us to read it together. If you can, let's go. One, two. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. That's the life of a believer that wants to go deep with God. You fix your eyes on what is unseen. God is unseen. Eternal life is unseen. Eternal reward is unseen. Now you fix your eyes on that. Because really what is seen is temporary. I mean, the best somebody can offer you is a good job. Great. You're doing well. I mean, that makes you feel good for a day or two. I mean, it's not like they really go. I mean, after a while, you need another one anyway, right? I mean, after a while, they drop off. The same person can even say something nasty or bad next week and that undo everything they said a week before. So you, you need to develop that capacity to appreciate the unseen. And I'm praying that God will give us that capacity. Can you just say, Lord, give me the capacity, can we take, to appreciate the unseen? To value the unseen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. That's, that's important. The next thing we learn about going deeper. It involves being able to go against the grain. Right? Root. You see, when root is growing. You see, root has to break through things. Have you seen root? Root. Stem grows easily, right? Uh, there's, no, there's no opposition, really. Leaves just come, right? Stem grows, branches grow, because it's, it's easy. But for roots to grow, first of all, nobody is pressing roots for growing. Stem, everybody is like, wow, this is awesome, my flower, wow, this is great. People are taking pictures of it. Look at my tree. Wow. On Facebook, everywhere. The stem, the leaves, oh, they're still having fun. But nobody's saying, my root is growing. <laughs> that would not, there's nothing cool about that. But what it takes root to grow is also a lot. Root has to break through, right? Hard ground. Soil. Have you seen how root breaks through? I mean, have you have you seen some tree do damage to your driveway? I mean, be, I mean, opposition. So they find ways around because they they need to grow. Their job is to bring stability to the stem. Their job is to carry the weight of the old tree. The job of foundation is to carry the load of the old house. So you go deep against rocks, against anything that is there. That's why it's hard. So people who are not able to handle that can go deep with God. They can go deep. They can go against the grain. Deep, going deeper with God involves going against the grain. People who can handle that And I'm not just talking about people, you know. 
No, I'm talking about, you know, grain of life. I'm even talking about ourselves, you know, your personal preferences, your personal things, your, you know, a lot of things you want to do, your, you know, your way of life. I love to sleep late or love to, I mean, some things that I just, you know, I mean, going deeper with God just rattles some of those things. I mean, so you're, you're really, it shakes you up. And unless you can undo that, you're not going to be able to go deeper with God. It's going against it's going against the grain. James four four says, "You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God?" Right. Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. So, going deeper with God makes you an enemy enemy of the world system. I'm not saying enemy of people. No, no, no. The world is not people, right? The world system. You know, going deeper with God means you are odd with the world system. You know, you choose things that are just contrary. You know, you, you, you know, many of the people around you will be doing the opposite. You know, so going deeper means you're saying, you know what, I'm going against the grain. That's important. All right? First John 2, 16 says, everything in the world, the loss of the flesh, the loss of the eye, the pride of life, come not from the Father, but from the Word. So did you see what he's talking about now? When he's talking about friendship with the Word, he's not talking about people. All right? We must be able to undo this. You know, these opposite, you know, personal issues going against the grain. Matthew 6, 24 says, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. So you, I mean, there's always, you have to choose. You're going against the grain. You're making some choices that are just, you know, is, is, is against the current. You know, it's like swimming against the current. Everyone can swim in the direction of the current. Against the current needs a lot of work. And that is going deeper. With God. Your friends can handle showing to showing up to church every Sunday, right? Oh yeah. I go to church. I mean they will say, Oh yeah, can't you watch it online? Why do you need to go up there? Oh no, I need to go, man. I meet some people there. My church is great, it's cool, we have fun there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. go, go, go. That's cool. They can handle that. I mean, but when you start when it start affecting your life, when it's, you start making choices. You start saying, I can't go to that place anymore. You, can see, you start saying, you know, I mean, I can't, do, I can't go to those clubs anymore. You know, I mean, I don't do those drinking. You know, I don't, you know, I, I don't do certain things anymore. They start saying, whoa, 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 what, what happened to you? Are, have you become those fanatics? When did you join, when did you join those groups? You know? You know, I mean, we're all spiritual here. We might not be religious, but I get in touch with God too, you know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> they can't handle that. <laughs> you know, that's why surface Christian, they can mix with the world easily. You know, because the world can manage some, some, some shallowness. The world can manage shallow Christians. I mean, they can manage, you know. I need you having a Bible, a little bit of a Bible. Oh, I have a Bible app. Oh, yeah, I have it too. My grandma asked me to download it. 
you know, they, they can undo some of those things. They, they just can't undo you going deeper. And you know that. They can't undo it. And that's stopping you from going deeper. But if you're going to go deeper, you need to be able to, stand, you know, to be able to go against the current. And I want you to say we are going deeper. We are going against the grain. And we will succeed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Going deeper, lastly, running out of time, is, uh, involves some level of hardship and personal pain. It involves that. It involves losing things. You might lose friends. And that's painful. I mean, for real, that's painful. You might lose boyfriend, girlfriend. I mean, you might lose some jobs you might not be able to do. You know, some of these things. I mean, there are things that might just... If you want to go deeper with God, I mean, you're, it, it, there will be some personal pain. There will be. Apostle Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.12, he said, if we endure hardship, we will reign with him. Reigning with him is going deeper with him. But he will de- if we deny him, he will deny us. <laughs> if you endure hardship, you know, and I, you know, hardship is just pattern with things, you know, losing things. If you can endure that, and now you're going to reign with him. I mean, that's, that's going deeper. Going deeper comes with some cost. I think in one of our devotions, I wrote it in there about opportunity cost of seeking God, right? When you choose to seek God, there's an opportunity cost. Many of us who study economics, we say opportunity cost is the alternative for gone, right? You, you memorize those things, you didn't even know what it meant. <laughs> <laughs> Just memorize it, opportunity cost, alternative for gone. What is opportunity cost? You, t- you take your exam, you move on. <laughs> Thank God for growing up. Growing up helps you to understand some things. That means when you are choosing something, when you're choosing a husband, choosing a wife, you are not only choosing, you are unchoosing some other things, some other ones, right? And that's life. All right? You, it is seeking God costs you some opportunity. That's what it means. That means you could be going somewhere this morning now, right? So you chose here. That means you chose some things. Maybe job, maybe business, maybe, maybe sleep. Some people came here from work. I mean, some people actually come to church driving from work. I mean, that's, they should be sleeping. But they say, you know what? Coming to church for a few hours is important. I'm going to forego sleeping. So they cost themselves opportunity to sleep, to come to, to. I mean, so that is life. And that's, that's the hardship we're talking about. Now, there are other levels of hardship that, thankfully, we are not even exposed to. There are people who pay, for, you know, pay with their life. There are people in China. There are people in Iran. There are people in all these other places where going deeper with God is, is serious. <laughs> it can cost them their family, cost them their life, cost them their job, cost ostracized. I mean, they, they pay heavier prices. 
But I want you to know, no matter where you live in the world, right? We live in the United States of America. There is still opportunity. It still involves some level of hardship and personal pain. And that's what we can't deal with. When pain comes, we can't deal with it. When we have to adjust ourselves, we can't deal with it. When we have to sleep less just to do something for God, we can't deal with that. When we have to, you know, obeying God is always going to put you sometimes in a very, very precarious situation. And you're going to have to ask yourself, is it the cost that I have to pay? Is it the pain that God wants me to pursue? But that involves it. The good thing is there is reward with that. Amen. Philippians 3.10 says, I want to know Christ. Yes. To know the power of his resurrection and participation in his suffering. See, if you want to go deeper with God, if you want to know Christ, I want us to read it together, actually. Let's read it together. One, two, go. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his suffering, becoming like him. That's it. I mean, whoever came up with that prayer, it's crazy, right? I mean, I mean, I mean we are reading it because it's already there, right? I mean, it's already there. We have no choice. I'm not going to, I mean, now, someone just pray like that. Wow. And he said, I want to know Christ. I want to know the power of his resurrection. And I want to participate in his suffering. Because that I know that is the only way to go deeper with God. I feel there are some people here today. God is calling you into that life. You feel like, you know, God is, there's a, there's a deeper work that he's calling me into. I can see the cost. And I've been struggling. The Lord wants me to pray with you. If you're in that it's specific, you know. What I'm talking about is you. And I want you to rise up because I just want to pray with you. You've been filling that pool. But against that pool, you, you've been seeing the cost. And you've been torn. And you've been like, you know what? I think I need, I need God here. I need the grace of God. I need the help of God. I've been feeling this call to a deeper walk. But I've been seeing this personal pain that I must embrace. Lord, I need you. I just, I just want to pray with you because I feel like God, Holy Spirit, I'm just praying. I want you to just lift up your hands and just as I pray with you. So, Father, I'm just uh, praying for these ones. Because of them, we have this service. So, Holy Spirit, I'm just asking that you will, you will chaperone them. You will lead them. I'm asking for increased revelation. Increased revelation of the unseen. And increased appreciation. Because the more we can appreciate what you are doing that is unseen, the more we can make those difficult choices. Personal choices that may be painful. But they are your will for our life. So all over this room now, I'm asking you, Lord, to just move over these hearts. I'm asking you, Lord, to just walk through this room 
Uh, and you know each individual peculiar situation. You know their peculiar situation. You know what it is. So I'm asking you in the mighty name of Jesus to just move all across this room and begin to give them that courage. I'm talking about supernaturally. That they won't even know where it came from. Give them that courage in the mighty name of Jesus. Just move all over this room now and just impart that courage into their heart. Impart that power into their life. Give them that supernatural ability to see the unseen, to see what lies ahead so they can go through this journey in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. You can have your seat. I'm going to make another call. If you're here, you don't know Jesus. I want you to bow down our heads as we pray. You don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. You can't really say, I have a relationship with him. You can't say, if I die today, I will spend my eternity in heaven. You cannot confidently say that. But you want to be able to say that after this service. I'd like you to raise up your right hand as I pray for you. I'd like to pray for you. I don't like you to leave this place still unsure that you're going to spend your eternity with Jesus. If there's anyone like that here, please wave your right hand. I'll give you 10 seconds before I pray. I'll give you 10 seconds. Anybody in the room? Anybody in the room? All right. We're all saved here. Amen. So, Father, in Jesus' name, I'm just praying now. This is, uh, you're, you're calling us into a deeper walk. And, Lord, we are ready to answer that call. And I'm sure everyone under the sound of my voice is ready to answer that call. I mean, they've expressed that readiness, Lord. But that readiness needs the help of the Holy Spirit. So, Lord, I'm asking for an increase. Increase at pouring of the Holy Spirit. Increase release of your grace, of your power, of your spirit into the life of everyone here in the mighty name of Jesus. And I'm praying that as you, as you step out to go deeper with you, Lord, we'll be able to just walk with you. You will hold us by the hand. You will walk us through the journey, whether it's the valley, whether it's through the hardship, in the mighty name of Jesus. But we will all experience going deeper with you and the reward that comes with it. Thank you because you've answered our prayer. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen and amen. Hallelujah.